0: Greetings, Mavuno family and all our guests, wherever you're watching from, from across the world. Whether you are just scrolling on the internet and you found this video, or maybe somebody invited you and sent it to you to watch, uh, my name is Moradi Wanjao, or Pastor M. I'm the Senior Pastor of the Mavuno Movement of Churches, and I'm so honored to be bringing God's Word to you today. You see, we're continuing with a series that we began a couple of weeks back called Mythbusters, Busting popular myths about Christianity. We took a break last week uh, because of Fearless Sunday, which I I hope was enjoyable for those of you who are able to join us. Uh, but we're, we're going on with our series Mythbusters, which I believe is a very important series because it's it's so critical for us to understand what is true and what is a myth about our faith. For those of you who have been walking with Jesus for a long time, uh, you're uh, you're followers of Jesus, uh, it's important for you. Somebody once said, if you don't stand for something, then you will fall for anything. So it's important for us to understand the cornerstone, the foundations of our faith. But for some of you, maybe you're exploring, you're on an exploratory journey. You are beginning to understand what is this thing about Christianity. You're seeking the truth. And I'm hoping that this series will also be helpful for you wherever you are. Now, uh, a couple of weeks ago, like I said, we began by debunking the myth. Uh, That a Christian is a person who goes to church and does good things. Many people think that. But we found it to be completely false. And we learned that instead, a Christian is a person who has fully surrendered their life to God's rule and leadership. That's what a Christian is. And today we want to look at another common belief. Uh, Allow me to begin with a question. Have you ever had a time in your life when you felt like God was not doing his job? Ever had a time when you felt like God was away on le- without leave? He's like, where, where is he? He's AWOL when I need him. There's a, there's a great movie called Bruce Almighty where Jim Carrey pray, plays the part of a man who whose life had gone horribly wrong. His his rival at work was promoted when it was him who should have been promoted. He was actually fired instead, and he was mugged, and then he had a terrible wife with, with an argument with his with his wife, and then he had a car accident all on the same day. <laughs> and and that same day, his wife had given him some prayer beads so he could learn how to pray. So he's like, in, in his anger, he, he kind of had this conversation with God, and he's like, God, you're the only one not doing your job. (laughs) Okay, God. You want me to talk to you? And talk back. Tell me what's going on. What should I do? Give me a signal. I need your guidance, Lord. Please send me a sign. Ah, what's this joker doing now? Okay. All right. I'll try it your way. All right, Lord. I need a miracle. I'm desperate. I need your help, Lord. Please, reach into my life. Uh, what the hell? I Got ya. <laughs> ha! that like God's the only one not doing his job you know many of us have experienced pain and suffering in different degrees for some of us it's been physical pain accidents sickness losing a loved one sickness watching someone in your family struggle with with a chronic illness for some of us it's also been the pain of rejection uh, rejection by parents, rejection by a spouse, rejection by somebody you loved. For others, it's been the pain of disappointment, uh, not qualifying for a school that you wanted to attend, a job you applied for, failing in your business despite giving it everything that you you, you had, pu- putting everything you could in it. Some of you have suffered the pain of loss. You were carjacked, you were robbed, something of great value was taken from you. Whatever the cause of loss or pain was, maybe you found yourself at some point in your life wondering, where god was and why he didn't intervene and, and some of us may not have endured such great physical or, or personal life-altering pain but we've still asked the same questions when we've encountered the evil and injustice in the world around us whether it's reported six million jews killed in the holocaust eight hundred thousand people dead in the rwandan genocide or or just the selfishness of politicians who are so intent on increasing their perks and their salaries selfishly pursuing power Without caring about the suffering that they are inflicting on those that they lead. I mean, those of us who, work in, who, are, who are part of this nation, many of you have, had that, have wondered about that. And all these things can cause us to, to, to ask, is there really a God? And if there is a God, why would he allow such things to happen? You see, if God is all-powerful and is not evil himself, then surely he can get rid of the evil in the universe. And if nothing else, at least he can protect his followers from random evil happenings. Isn't it? I mean, the problem is when we face that pain and evil and we wonder, is God punishing us? I don't know if you've ever been in that place. You did something and you're thinking, did I do something wrong? What is it that I did? Maybe some people even go far farther to think, you know, does it even make a difference whether you're a follower of God or not? <laughs> does, God do, does, does God just do good things randomly? and only when he feels like? Is this some kind of sick joke? Does God sit there and enjoy the suffering of people, their pain and suffering? And some people even ask, does God really exist? Or is he the figment of the imagination, the fertile imagination of those who can't deal with reality? And and many have reached that conclusion, by the way. Many people have said all evil and suffering in the world, it actually proves that there's no God. And that's the belief that we want to put to test in our lab today. You know, perhaps a good way for us to start this test and to test this belief is to look at the issues by considering what the alternatives could be. <laughs> you know there's a song that says what if God was one of us. What if today we could flip that song and ask what if one of us was God? <laughs> like like what would you do differently if you're God? And I want to look at several options. This is what we're going to do. We're going to look at several options that maybe some of us would do. To change the world, if you're God and you, you, you understood that there's a problem of evil, what should God do about the problem of evil? And the first thing, maybe the first option, would be to remove the ability of people to do evil. I mean, this seems like the simplest solution, isn't it? I mean, it solves the problem instantly. Uh, just make sure that nobody can do bad. <laughs> Give people only the right inclinations in their heart. You're a good God, so make good people. But, 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 but please stop and think about it for a minute. Because removing the ability of humans to do evil would mean that you also remove the ability of humans to have a free will. That's what that would mean. In other words, we wouldn't be able to choose between right or wrong because we would be programmed to only do what is right. And, 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 and here's the problem with that solution. It means that we would, there would be no meaningful relationships anymore between God and humans because we only do what we have to do. We don't have a choice in it. And, and here's the thing. It would also happen in, uh, between us uh, as human beings. You can't have a real relationship with someone who has no choice whether to relate with you or not. You know, love is not love unless it is freely given. You can't really have a relationship with a robot that can't think for itself. Uh, now we've got AI and all that stuff, and people are creating. Maybe people are even thinking one day we'll have robot companions. But you can't really have a, com- a, a relationship with something that doesn't have a choice. Uh, to love you or not, if you remove the ability of people to do, to, to choose evil, then you abil- you're removing their ability to freely choose to do what is good. And as you can see, there's a problem with that solution. It seemed very simple, but it has a problem. So let's try a second option. Option number two, What if God could protect the innocent from those who choose to do evil? So yeah, come on God, yeah, it's like like God, l- let's do this. instead of removing the ability to for free will, Just remove those people who are innocent from being hurt by those who are evil. And at face value, that seems like a much better solution. So for instance, if a drunk driver causes an accident, God could keep the innocent pedestrians and motorists away from harm so that they don't suffer unnecessarily the choices that drunk driver did. Makes sense, right? Uh, God could keep, maybe even keep that drunk driver from driving into electric poles and buildings because those would cause people to suffer who had nothing to do with his drunkenness. Or, or perhaps maybe another option, a father spends all his money on alcohol, or a mother provi- spends all her money on alcohol. God could pr- miraculously provide food and social needs of the spouse and children so they wouldn't have to be adversely affected by the bad decisions of their parent. I mean, that sounds like a really good solution. It sounds very attractive. But let's explore it a bit more. What we'll be doing is asking God to, explore, to, to involve himself in what we would call codependent behavior. What's codependent behavior? For example, when a spouse of an alcoholic covers up for their bad behavior so they never have to face consequences. That's called codependence. Or when a parent covers up for their rebellious child's destructive behavior so that they don't ever have to live with the consequences of what they're doing. But you know, here's a problem. In a world with no consequences, evil only increases. If you know you can do bad and never hurt anybody, you would just, in fact, evil would only increase. Nobody would have to learn integrity or purity or honor or responsibility or self-control. And so the world will actually not become a better place. It will actually become a, a worse place by asking God to become codependent. Maybe that's not a very good solution for us. So maybe let's consider a third option. Come on, somebody. We're like, God, we're not giving up on you. Maybe if, if one of us was God, maybe there's something else we we'll would do differently. What if God could punish and remove those who commit acts of evil? That sounds elegant, isn't it? In, the minute somebody did evil, like some serious evil, they would be removed from the planet immediately. So they couldn't harm innocent people. So imagine if someone removed Hitler when he was still a boy. Like, schwab. Like, it would have saved millions of people from dying, right? Imagine a world with no rapists, conmen, corrupt politicians, or armed robbers. <laughs> I mean, it would be a perfect place to live, right? I mean, oh, maybe not. Let me tell you the problem with that solution. The problem is, where would you draw the line if you were God? Yeah? Because if, if, if rape is dangerous, so is greed. And so is gossip. And greed and gossip destroy many, many lives. Maybe even more lives than rape does. If political corruption is harmful to the society, so is sharing pirated PDFs on WhatsApp. It's just corruption. In fact, the only difference is scale. <laughs> you know, uh, the Bible says that we all sin, Romans 3.23. All of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And the difference between us and those evil people out there, <laughs> it really has to do with scale and opportunity. In other words, if I'm sinning in small issues, It means given the same opportunity they had, then they had a bigger opportunity than mine. (laughs) It means I would do the same thing, probably, because I'm doing it in my small area. So so basically what that solution would mean is all of us would die. All of us would be removed from the planet. And as you can see, none of those options work. So God instead did a very risky thing, a very risky thing. He created human beings with the ability to choose between doing good and doing evil. And why is that such a risky thing? Because imagine, for those of you, I mean, for, for those of you who are single, this might work as a, as a good illustration. Imagine God gave you the ability to design for yourself the perfect spouse. Uh, so you're a lady, you create this perfect guy, you, you have the opportunity to create a perfect guy, dashingly handsome, amazing teeth, like all even, uh, um, uh, incredibly intelligent, natural leader heart of compassion come on somebody can you see this guy tall dark handsome everything you ever wanted if you're a guy you create a heart-throbbing beauty queen perfect proportions intelligence to boot tender heart ah loves you with all she. i mean everything you've ever desired in a woman <laughs> i hear some amen somewhere but now that you're done and you have your dream spouse before you one last thing something's still missing you realize you've not yet given them the ability to, do, to have free will. But wait. That means they can decide to choose, instead of being your friend, they become someone else's friend. That's what free will means, isn't it? It means that you would have, they would have a choice to, to cheat on you, and, and, and you've created this perfection, and that person walks away from you. Would you give them that free will? <laughs> It sounds easy to say yes or no. I mean, it sounds easy to say no, you wouldn't. Let let them be forced to love you. But here's a problem. So. Am I not all you dreamed I would be? Oh, you're fine. Beautiful. It's just that if we're going to be married, I thought we should talk to each other, get to know each other. Ever since I was born, I've been trained to serve you. Yes, I know this. But I would like to know about you. What do you like to do? Whatever you like. (laughs) What kind of music do you like? Whatever kind of music you like. Look, I know what I like. And I know you know what I like because you are trained to know what I like. But I would like to know what you like. For instance, do you have a favorite food? Yes. Good! What is your favorite food? Whatever food you like. This is impossible. Listen, from this moment on, I command you not to obey me. No. No. Are you saying that no matter what I tell you to do, you will do?: Yes, Your Highness. Anything I say you do?: Yes, Your Highness. Bark like a dog. Arf, 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 arf. A big arf. dog. Woof woof, 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 Woof! Hop on one leg. woof, woof. woof, 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 woof. Make a noise like woof. an orangutan. Ah, I see the two of you are getting along. Excuse me, Manny, for a moment. Fine girl, isn't she? In an old movie called Coming to America, the prince of Zamunda, played by Eddie Murphy, he refuses his chosen bride the bride that was chosen to him who had no option but to love him because he was a prince and he immigrates to america where nobody knows him to find a wife why because he doesn't want a beautiful robot (laughs) he wants a real woman who chooses to love him for what he is not for what he has because you see love is not love unless it involves a choice And you see, in the same way, God gave us the ability to choose between good or evil, knowing that we could choose to use our free will to reject him. And this is what Adam and Eve did, that they were given free will and they used it to reject God. That's what humans have done ever since. We chose our own way. And the result has been a separation from God. So all the evil in the world, all the pain, all the disappointment, all the separation of humanity from our source. We talked about this the first week. Disease and death, psychological and emotional suffering, family strife, divorce, abuse, uh, decay of our environment, uh, corruption, injustice. All these things come from our rebellion, from our choosing to Use the, uh, the free will God gave us and use it for ourselves as opposed to serving and loving him. And now we live in an unjust, evil world, and we become victims of the evil of ourselves and of other humans, perhaps that we don't, we don't even know or have anything to do with. And, and, and I, and I want to say this as I, say, as, I, as I give this illustration. For those of you who are currently going through, pain, through great pain, what I'm about to say next may not make a lot of sense right now, but my prayer is that somehow God will still encourage you. There are three powerful truths that have given me hope and encouragement when I've encountered evil and pain in my life. Those times when I really wished God would do something about it, but it was just pain, you know? And and, and, and these three tru- truths, these three major truths have really helped me stand in difficult times. The three truths are this, that God sees, we win, and I matter. God sees, we win, and I matter. And, and I'm praying that this... Construct will help somebody who's in difficulty right now. God sees, we win, and I matter. The first one is God sees. The Bible tells us that God is not a harsh, unmoved deity somewhere up in the sky watching us from a distance. But it tells us that God feels us, He feels with us when we suffer from the consequences of sin and rebellion. He understands. The prophet Isaiah 53, verse 3, called Jesus a man of sorrows familiar with suffering. In other words, God himself understands. He's gone through it. He subjected himself, became a human being, and he suffered the consequence of human rebellion. And through Jesus, God allowed himself to fully experience our human disappointment and pain and hunger, poverty, tiredness, injustice, and despair. And Mark 14, verse 34, Jesus himself said, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Man, this is such an amazing picture of God. It's not what we would think of God. We think of God as this marvel superhero who doesn't feel pain. <laughs> you know, we expect God to be an unmoved mover with no sorrow. But, but this is not the God of the Bible. God is not pleased with pain that co- is caused by human rebellion. And like a loving parent, he sympathizes with us in our weakness. If you're going through a difficult time right now, God feels your pain. He shares your pain. He moans with us who are moaning. He promises to walk with us even in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death. Even when our pain feels too much to bear, God sees. And for those of you who are going through a difficult time right now, you might feel like God abandoned you. Like God is absent. Uh, Jesus himself experienced this this same emotion that you're experiencing. He screamed out in Matthew chapter 27 verse 46, my God, my God. Why have you abandoned me? He understood what it means to feel abandoned by God. He experienced that anguish and pain that many of you have been through. And the prophet Isaiah called him this man of sorrows. Listen to these powerful words written by Jesus about Jesus. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15 to 16, he, for it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with us in our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. And the Bible then tells us, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. You see, God is not absent. God has not abandoned you. God sees. Somebody say, God sees. Yeah, God sees. The second truth I want to affirm you with is that we win. We win. One of the best news items in the Bible is that god has not abandoned the world to evil and human rebellion to injustice he's actively working to restore this broken world to hit its original state and that's why jesus came first uh, john chapter 3 verse 9 the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the devil's work god came to destroy injustice and pain and that's why the book of revelation is so important it gives us a glimpse into the future reality when God has accomplished the task that he began, it describes how God will destroy all evil and establish a new world order. And the purpose of those of that book is to give us hope in our difficult times. Uh, if you ever read the book of Revelation, like Revelation chapter 7, verse 16 to 17. This Bible, this, this, this story, many, many people struggle to read through the book of Revelation. But I tell you, it's actually like seeing the end in the middle of your challenges right now. And it says, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down upon them, come on somebody, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will lead them to springs of living water. And Listen to what it says. It says, and God will wipe every tear from their eyes. The good news is that God will have the last word on evil. So this is like watching a football match. I don't know, some of you are football fans, so you might get this illustration. I don't know about you, but when I'm watching a team that I love, a team that I want seriously to win, ah, my goodness, it's so stressful sometimes. eh? It's like my heart is in my mouth the whole time. It's like these guys could mess up it's like they could mess up this game. Maybe even they are one one score ahead, or maybe they are one score down. But I'm praying sometimes, I know some of you even talk loudly, like you talk in your mother tongue when you're you're watching your team. Some of you, it's too much pressure to watch. You go outside, and then you come back in to see what's happening. But here's here's a different scenario. What if you missed the game because you were doing something important, but then you've come back now to watch the team. But the only difference is that you've already seen on Twitter or on some, some social media that your team actually won, 3-2. So, 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 so you're watching the game, and, and, it's, and your team is 2-0 down. But you're not stressed, right? In fact, instead of wondering if they will win, what you're wondering is, wow, how will they win? The game experience is completely different because what's happening, you have no stress. Because you know regardless what happens, you still win. Rather than worrying about if you will win, you're excited to see how you will win. And it's the same thing for us as human beings when we face pain, when we face suffering here as followers of Jesus. Things may not make sense right now, but the Bible says regardless of how hard things become, we win. Come and tell your neighbor, we win. Yeah, This, this kind of gives us perspective in times of difficulty. God sees, we win. And then lastly, I matter. And this one for me is extremely important. What do we do in the meantime? Because we know we win, but right now we're going through difficult times. Do we just hold on and wait for the day God will do his thing? No. John chapter 20, verse 21, Jesus tells his followers, As the Father has sent me, so I'm sending you. When we submit to God as our king, he invites us to join in the mission of pushing back the darkness in this world. He invites us to become agents of change, who with his help will restore all creation, Back to the peace and order that it was created for. And in this process, we stop being victims of circumstances. And we we become part of the team, part of the army that God is raising to, to bring about justice and fairness and goodness and all those other qualities that make this world a better place. You see, that pain that you've experienced, that unbearable pain, imagine what happens. It becomes a platform. And as you've experienced God's encouragement, you're able to use that encouragement to encourage others who are in a space where they know you understand because you've been in the same place. Uh, that mess that has become your life, my goodness, that thing you've been ashamed, from, uh, ashamed about, it no longer needs to be a place of shame. It becomes the message. Your mess becomes a message that God will bring life, will use to bring life to many in your generation. So here's the beautiful thing God sees we win and I matter. Nothing in my life is wasted. Even the pain in my life, God can turn it around for my good and for the good of many around me. God doesn't cause evil, but He's able, when I turn to Him, to turn around even the worst situation caused by, by human rebellion so that it works out for the good of myself and for many others. The Apostle Paul said these words in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him who have been called according to His purpose. Not in some things, not in many things, but in all things, God is able to work for your good. And so, you know, as we explore this belief that evil means that there's no God, (laughs) we realize the presence of evil does not negate God. Instead, it shows us the reason why we need God. Next Sunday, we're going to be looking at another important myth. And... Uh, This one I really feel is important for us today. Are all religions the same? Because many people believe that. They believe that all religions are the same. So we want to explore it as well and to see, is this true? Are all religions just paths leading us to the same uh, route? Uh, please invite your friends to come and join us because we need to have this conversation Uh, invite, uh, come this Wednesday uh, 5.30pm, we always have family night at Mavuno Church, we're going to be talking about some of these things uh, and then invite them to come with with you to watch this uh, wherever you're watching it, have a watch party in your house and let's just uh, go through this uh, life changing series with people we love, with your family members, with people in the office, Uh, let's do this together but I want to conclude in prayer I want to pray for two groups of people here. Someone who's going through an incredibly difficult season in your life right now. And uh, maybe something terrible happened in your life and you've tried to make meaning of it, but it doesn't make sense. And my prayer is even as we pray right now, God is going to give you such comfort and encouragement in this season and in this uh, time that you will reach out to God as opposed to running away from Him. But I also want to pray that the rest of that for everybody else, that God would help us not just have, uh, uh, not, not just to sit there and talk about what is happening, but actually to become agents to push back the darkness. So if you just join me in praying as we conclude. Father, I thank you for every single member of this family. I thank you for your sons and daughters. I thank you for those who have listened to this message. And Lord, it's been an encouragement to them. I speak over somebody right now who's facing uh, pain, difficulty, challenge. Uh, Whether it's sickness, whether it's financial problems, whether it's issues in their marriage, their relationships, uh, issues at work, whatever it is, Lord. That place of pain, I pray that, Lord, you'd give them the grace to invite you into it. And, Lord, as they do that, I pray that you would come in and encourage. You'd come in and, and strengthen them. Help them to understand that God sees they're not abandoned. You're there with them. Help them to see that we win. But, Lord, ultimately, you will make all things, uh, all things uh, will make meaning for them. that Lord, you have the final word on that situation. And help them to understand that they matter. That Lord, whatever evil they're going through or difficulty, that you're able to turn it into a blessing for those around them through them. And Lord, I pray that out of this sermon, that messages, that, 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 that ministries will be born. There are those who will arise and start initiatives that will bless other people who've been through what they went through and who don't have hope like they do. And so I speak a blessing over you that God will just turn around your situation and turn it into a victory. What the enemy thought was going, to, was going to destroy you, may God turn it around and make it your victory. I also want to pray for the rest of us that God will just give us grace right now. That we would be agents of grace, agents of God to push back the darkness. That our cities will never be the same. Our homes and neighborhoods will never be the same because we know who we are. Because we know that God is here and He's created us to be his agents to bring about a better world and so may the God of peace God's people bless you with everything equip you with everything good for doing his will and may he work in us that which is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever and all God's people say together amen